Hello, and welcome back to the Brothers Book Club podcast. I am, as always, Travis Wood. On the other end of this call is my brother, Ryan Wood. Hello, hello, hello. We are back uh, for the month of May. We're also recording this on June 12th. So the, a full disclosure here on our end, uh, we are recording this a little bit later than usual. Uh, this yeah. is our May book, um, and that was I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is a kind of true crime story narrative kind of um we had a we had a busy may ryan it was we had a lot going on yep uh pretty pretty busy may uh got married you uh you had some efficient duties to perform so we are running behind schedule big time yeah yeah ryan got married in may so congratulations on that still fresh still fresh uh but yeah we had we were traveling and then got behind on reading and then frankly we almost made it Almost snuck it in in time and just had technical difficulties, could not figure out some internet connection, microphone problems. But here we are. Nothing can stop the reading. That's for sure. Nope, we fixed it. Books are an old technology at this point, and they don't need an internet connection. So the reading (laughs) has been done for a while, but the, the discussion, which depends on the internet and websites and whatnot, it's happening right now on June 12th. Yep. Yep, just in time. That's right. Yeah. Sneaking it in in the middle of the <laughs> month after. Uh, the, I, w- I will say we did choose a book for June. Uh, I haven't put anything on social media yet because I've been just lazy since we got back from your wedding. So I'm going to I'll probably post something tonight. Um, and we did pick a book. So we'll put that up soon and we'll talk about it at the end of the podcast. So we are doing a book again for June. The recording for that will be turned around pretty quickly. I assume we'll yeah. do that in a few weeks. I actually read about 50 pages today. So I'm, you know, I'm making some headway. Nice. Uh, yeah. The podcast marches along. It stops for no man. It waits for no man. It does not. Uh, and neither did Segway, the golden state killer, oh, uh, which boo. is maybe tasteless. Yeah. Pretty tasteless, but yeah. you really got to be careful. I just, we've done so much fiction that, you know, we really can't rib on this as much. It is nonfiction. Yeah. Uh, real people uh, were involved in these crimes, yeah. which we'll talk about in a little bit later. It's one of the reasons why I find true crime so off-putting and strange. Um, but anyway, let's start with our usual, Ryan. Uh, we're up with blanks. We're going to start with our fill in the blanks, our middle school inspired activity to kick things okay. off with the book All Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. Uh, th- for this one, I went with something that was she mentioned kind of in the middle or toward the end of the book when she kind of at the end, she gets a little bit more in the weeds as to how she did her research and the methods and the things she did. I mean, she sprinkled that stuff throughout, Um, but it was at the end of the book that she revealed or talked about a online, um, not a forum. I guess it was like a forum or discussion message board, kind of like a true crime. Yeah. For unsolved crimes. If you were to join that message board, your username would be blank. What do you think oh, your username would be? What's what's going to be the login? The login? Oh man, this was tough. If I was a if I was a independent, uh, freelance sort of spare time crime fighter detective. Also, the year is what nineteen seventy. This is like later in the seventies, early eighties. The crimes or the message board. The message board actually was like late eighties, nineties. No, the message board exists right now. She's uh, she did her research like a couple years ago, or I mean, ongoing for a few years. She yeah. was a fan of the people who would help her on the message board. 
that was in the last at least 10 years. I mean, it's just like any other online chat room group. You yeah, know, you're, you're totally, you're totally right. And that was, um, yeah, that totally makes sense. They did not have the internet in the Indeed. 70s and 80s. Um, yeah. No, that's, yeah, you're totally right. Um, so, cause, yeah, because I was thinking about this question earlier, and I was thinking it would maybe be a riff on, like, Dog the Bounty Hunter, or I was also thinking, <laughs> sure. like, catch me, catch me if you can, it'd be like, catch you when I can, you know? Cause like you're, oh, pretty good. That's yeah, actually pretty good. You know, you're doing it, and, like, you're, you know, you get home from work, and these people all have full-time jobs so yeah the, the when i can part is actually pretty funny it acknowledges yeah. that you're not full-time you're like you're well not, nah, fuck man i'm I tired mean, tonight i'll come on later yeah that's what you have to respect about uh not only michelle but a couple of the people and you're right i mean these two of the people actually one or two um was the one who she sort of used as her lead investigator like reporter uh writer for the book right yeah, it was, I think, uh, yeah, I'm speaking offhand, but I, the last chapter was edited and compiled and like they kind of mashed it together from things they found yeah. um, after the, uh, the author also, by the way, passed away when she was writing this book, uh, which if you read the book, you would know that it's, they make it clear. Um, but if you haven't and you're listening to this for, you know, whatever reason, entertainment reasons, the author of this book died while she was composing it. Uh, so anyway, the last chapter is compiled by, yeah, I think it said one of the online message board folks and then also an author or something, or maybe like one of the detectives, I forget. It didn't, frankly, it, I mean, maybe this is telling, I didn't think the last chapter jumped out as like that different. I mean, it was more technical, like the last chapter ends and it's like way more specific details about, you know, um, what they were doing and kind of the, the research involved and the measuring on maps and all the technicalities, but, um, that's, that's kind of the difference there. Uh, yeah. I thought that was one of the most interesting parts about, you know, the way the book ended, um, with the, and by the way, her husband, uh, is Patton Oswalt, which I didn't know going forward, but just a, uh, little, uh, nugget of information there. Right. Right. Um, I think, for my um, for my message board name, I think, I mean, I've mentioned when we set up this podcast and um, at the last one that I don't read a ton of true crime. I did end up getting hooked on the serial podcast. Somebody recommended it to me, and then I did listen through the first season, which was definitely a like murder investigation, true crime type thing. I think what I'd have to do though to show that I'm you know, not really down that I'm just some new kind of faker. Yeah. I think my name would be a combination of serial, the word or the name okay. with, with the classic online video game X's. And then I'd probably throw a 69 in there. So like <laughs> XXX serial 69 <laughs> XXX or something like that. That's Again, really I don't mean, I don't mean to be crass cause I know some of these are like sexual crimes and the 69 thing, but I just think that would be appropriate. My, it would be like a fake gamer tag, shitty gamer tag, with you know i'd throw a serial reference in there yeah or maybe like um the dude the criminal or alleged i guess he was convicted but his name was adnan so maybe i'd go like adnan six nine xxx or something like that something weird wow okay yeah that is plenty weird you went like uh anything to show i'm a poser anything (laughs) to show that i am not really down I yeah. would like people to immediately discredit me as soon okay. as I logged in. I think uh, I think Michelle would have immediately discredited you. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, that's yeah. what I would want. I All don't right. want her to think I'm authentic. I'm a resource, you know, I'm just there. I'm a poser. Okay. Fair enough. Let's, um, let's dig in. And uh, now that we've, uh, you know, set up the, the topic, yep. let's get to some questions. Um, so one thing you'll find when you read reviews of this book or even in the foreword, they mention it. And it's something that came up when I was looking up some of the just reactions and again, reviews some criticism of the book is people seem to have taken to the style, which not even the style, even the structure included a lot more about her life, her background and how she became kind of obsessed with this case. Um, and there's even chapters kind of dedicated to telling her life story, the author's life story. Did those sections work for you? Did you find them to contribute to the flow in any meaningful way? Or um, did you? No, no I, not really. I guess we'll go back and we'll talk about the flow of the book eventually. Because I, I do think it was an odd way. And we, we talked about this a little bit in the beginning when we were starting to read it. Uh, her, the way she breaks up her chapters, um, I don't know. After reading it and finishing it, I don't think they really had any... I did not pick up on the uh, order, the way, like the the progression in which she tells the story, but uh, particularly the chapters about her growing up. I guess that does kind of set the tone for as far as where she gets her curious, investigative nature from. Uh, witnessing a murder when she was in middle school, not witnessing, but basically being on hand when um, they found the body. I thought that was, it explained a lot about her personality, but I didn't find those chapters to be, I don't know, like super, super helpful. I don't know. What did you think? Well, for a book that is, for a book that can at least, you can get pretty far digging into some pretty serious like psychology and psychological topics. I I really don't think it does that much, but you could, I mean, serial killers invite, that kind of psychological speculation and analysis because of how off-putting their behavior is, how abnormal. Again, for a topic that can be so delved into, she explains it so simply. On page 46, she says, people ask me about why are you interested in crime? And I go back to the moment in the alley, the shards of a dead girl's Walkman in my hands. I need to see his face. He loses his power when we know his face. And then she says that the murder... Kathleen Lombardo's murder was never solved. That's the one from her childhood. Yeah. So she sort of talks about her own, I guess, origin story and interest in crime. Um, I just didn't, I feel like there has to be more. I mean, we all have traumatic moments in childhood, things that shape us. I just find it, I mean, unique that this one instance would so profoundly alter her life. There has to be something more, I guess. That's all I could think is like, I think she does eventually hint that it's kind of the puzzle aspect. Like some of the people in the online forum, she says like some of them just can't stand sort of not like um, figuring out something like solving a clue or puzzle. Yeah. Um, So I guess I found some of the background detail about her. I just a little too simple. And I I don't know how to, how I would even properly balance a story that mixed my autobiography with some much heavier intricate thing like this, you know, 40, 50 sexual assault crimes murder. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it's not an easy task. I, yeah. did, I find it too, I found it too simple essentially. Like it's, hmm. I think it, it went, it was a start to saying like this event in my childhood kind of pushed me toward anal- analyzing crime. 
But I just I don't know. I mean, she dedicated her life. It seems like she was obsessive. She talks about she forgets to get her husband gifts for his for, birthday or yeah, for their anniversary. Like, we're talking yeah. about it, it from she's presenting it as a deep obsession, oh, something that maybe she, she even yeah, can't she, control. And I just super deep. Yeah, I just don't know if th- that saying, yeah, I'll never forget that crime when I was a kid, I, no question it would impact you. I just didn't, I think that part might have been oversimplified, I, I guess. I wasn't thinking, I wasn't left with the impression of like, oh yes, this explains why you are like compulsively obsessive about this person in this crime. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. She did say she was from a really small town in what, Illinois? Nothing probably right, went so on. I, you know? I think it was a Chicago suburb. Chicago I, I suburb. remember. Yeah, yeah. It was, no, I, again, I would never discredit how much it affected her. I just don't. This is like a monumental amount of research she did. I people, I don't know. I, she found her niche. It's oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I just this, um, this shaped her more than it seems like any other yeah. real, you know. Yeah like moment in her life. I will also say that it did, she did sprinkle in throughout some, again, parts of her life and it was, you know, good for her to open up and illuminating. I also felt that it was pretty front loaded overall, like that overall it was kind of like, here's this opening chapter to here's a lot about me. And then it it did kind of fade away, which I I was maybe hoping there'd be more throughout, I suppose, just something a little deeper. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think I don't know. Now that I'm now that we're talking about it, I feel like it did give just the right amount of information. Otherwise, you'd be like, "Who is this crazy lady, and why is she like obsessed? Why is she taking it upon herself to find this man, and she has no law enforcement, like mm-hmm. real real law enforcement credentials or career?" Or, um, I think it's just because, yeah, I mean, she's just a good journalist. Yeah. It's um, and I think this is with journalists. Maybe that's the thing. I don't know much about her. Her other. Um, I, her career, so to speak, like maybe she had been writing about other crimes and done other work and writing in the past. Yeah, um, and this just this seems to have taken one. years of her life. That yeah, and I know journalists that happens. They catch a beat. They find out about a topic that just you know in some way scratches them, and yeah. they can't stop. Yeah. Um, I know there were other parts about her relationship with her mother, and it seemed like she was just kind of had that contrarian relationship, right, where it's just constantly challenging and constantly, yeah. always yeah. trying always. to do. Yeah, old school, tough love type woman, yeah. Yeah, she just didn't want to do what her mother wanted. Um, So maybe that had fed into it. I think she did go on to say that that contributed a little bit to her being kind of obsessed with these things. Yeah. Anyway, uh, for me, as someone who reads no true crime, I've been told to read the In True Blood. I just never have. Um, I don't know how unique this this kind of spin, I guess, was. In Serial, it was just really my only touchdown for any of this stuff. Like the the podcast author, narrator, host of Serial didn't interject really much at all. I mean, they did some kind of light psychological stuff, you know, about different topics. And she, at the end of it, ended up interjecting like her own personal theories, kind of like, I think this happened and this is what I believe. But it was definitely not about like her family or her life not in a profound way. So maybe yeah. this is really unique. I just have no touchstone to compare. Yeah. No, I don't either. And, you know, this is probably the first true crime, true crime book I've ever read as well um, in my adult life. And, I mean, I'm guessing that, yeah, this is her style and maybe this is why the book is so widely acclaimed. Maybe because it's just like that like niche in the genre where it's not just gory, you know, like grimy details about this psychopath, but it's also like a, I don't know. I mean, it's a pretty interesting personal life that she has. Um, 
she talks about being at like, you know, the movie premieres with Patton and how, you know, a lot of times she was running out to go hop on a phone because some detective in, you know, Santa Barbara found some cufflinks and she was like, you know, pretty, pretty honest about how this completely consumed her life. Uh, not always for the better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I think those moments stood out and I, I guess I just was hoping that there'd be something more than I have this attachment to my childhood, but then those are some of the most powerful attachments of all those, some of those sure. don't quit. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think what you said about her general style, um, it, it, you're right. It, she did not indulge in some of the details, the gore. Like it's, she kind of writes it kind of matter of factly, but with little hints of kind of care and like yeah. treats. She she yeah. goes into some language stuff that I thought was pretty intriguing. So, yeah. Um, okay. Any what, what questions did you have? I have a few others. If you want me to throw one more out. Well, let me see. Um, going back to. her and maybe one of the other posters on that message board, how they were just like, they all had like a com not all, but they had a common interest in puzzles. I think also one of the detectives she works with in the book and she works with a handful and she kind of adds those to her chronological timeline, um, sort of mirroring the killers. Uh, did you have a member of the, law enforcement like partners that she had found and kind of take a liking to like did you i think one of them was actually they have were having a candid conversation or something and she was like you know what is it for you and he was like oh it's the it's the greatest it's the greatest puzzle i've ever tried to solve and he's like i'm a puzzle guy or something like that yeah yeah i think she writes the detectives pretty um uh, pretty observantly, I guess would be the word for it. Like, yeah. you know, she has a good eye for, um, you know, just characterization with real people, not characters. But um, I think there was, and this is the part you said chronological. That was actually part of the structure again that I, I just personally did not, did not click with me. Was it that it was not chronological? Oh yeah, you're like, right. She starts <laughs> yeah. with the, and, and I the so wish it would have been. Yeah, it was yeah. really not. It. She jumps from the beginning crimes, then to the murders, which were like the fine. It seems like the final crimes in the eighties, but then back yeah. to the late seventies. And so that part too, I just it just didn't work for me. I, I just would like my facts in the most like clear yeah. way as possible. Yeah. Um, I think it was yeah. an interesting choice to kind of focus on how the investigation shifted and how there were ebbs and flows and the, you know, leads and then not leads. And there's red herrings like the cufflinks, which again, that turned out to be just a big red herring. That's like how yeah. the book opens is I found this thing, like this is the connection. Yeah. And then it's, we have this evidence for sure. total. It means yeah. nothing, which yeah. maybe is, I think that's just her commentary on the nature of this, ludicrous puzzle solving that people go on as as hobby so hobbyists like that yeah. they think they will be involved in cracking really a grand mystery um yeah. and so maybe that's what that was surfaced too but i i do remember kind of laughing like oh of course it means nothing it was how you open the book i'd never forgotten it like okay we've got these cufflings and then it's nothing so that was kind of fun. yeah um but just, and maybe oh yeah. i just thought of this too and i mean because you're thinking you know maybe she was doing that intentionally because that's how she ended up amassing all of this information, just having to go back right, and right. jump from like 1984 to 1977, back to 1982, then to, you know, 78, 
76. For sure, yeah. It does give you that sort of insider's feel of being, you know, yanked, a, a clue coming up, and then you have to so, track the timeline, and it's not matching. Yeah. And other, yeah, it's sort of its own puzzle. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that's why she wrote it that way, is to um, kind of help <laughs> or try to convey uh, just how she felt having to gather and make sense of all that information. I think to answer your question, none of the detectives stood out terribly because I think yeah. the whole point of detectives is that they don't stand out. I think she actually noted that pretty well and wrote about that pretty well is that these are people who do not enjoy hyperbole or small talk or what you know, yeah. they're pretty business like. And that's kind of the personality that wins the day with detectives. Um, yeah. I thought the chapter she did where it was sort of, her, they were driving around. It was clearly, it was like one day of conversation and he took her to a lot of the important sites and they talked about construction over the years and things like that. I thought that yeah. was, a, I thought that back and forth, that really worked for me and it kind of set up the timeline. So to speak. it was almost like they were trying to walk through the timeline in real life. That was, I thought, visually pretty interesting. You know, the yeah. way they talked about neighborhoods and, you know, there's construction here this day, but not this one. And I thought that whole chapter worked. But again, it had been dropped in like later in the book and it's seemingly like we're going back in time, sort of. It was intriguing. Like I, that chapter I really enjoyed. I Do I remember anything about his personality? No, I think she wrote better <laughs> about how they yeah. lack some in, intensity in personality. Right. Yeah, and I think that, you know, yeah, I can't even remember more than two or three specific, um, like, characteristics about the detective she was working with. But that one where they did spend the spend the day driving around together, I think his name was, like, Pope or Hope or something like that. Holes. I found one named Holes. Holes. I think that's the guy from the, from the driving conversation. That has to be the guy. And, and a, uh, a lot of it is her trying to read them. You know, I misread him, she says on that page. He seems to be turning something over in his mind, debating internally the wisdom of sharing a thought. These yeah. are withholding people that she's with for good reason. So it's just I like mean, yeah. none of them jumped off the page at me. Um, but I think, you know, maybe with intention... Yeah, yeah, true. Do um did you find uh, not so much about the people but the the kind of puzzle piece elements of the of this book and the crimes related to it? Did any detail or thread stand out as something like that is interesting or I would I would track that down or that seems personally just weird? Did anything stand out to you about I mean maybe not how the crimes were committed but the way they researched it or the things they were looking into? Um, I, f- I found some, some of the ways, uh, Michelle would go about kind of picking things out and things that she found to be particularly interesting or important about how she put together a whole like physical and, uh, like attribute sheet for this water polo, 1974 high school men's water polo team, because the characteristics of the of the perpetrator at the time had yeah. like large calves or something like right, that. Right, right, yeah. She'd go so far into looking at like cross country teams from high school that would match a certain demographic with like yeah. a certain proximity to the like some of the earlier crimes and I mean she would she would go nuts. I mean, I guess leading all the way up to these cufflinks which she opens the book with in which she I mean, imagine being like a case detective and you've had a case for that long and some like kooky lady just walks into your precinct and she's like, I think I know it. And you're like, who the hell are you? You know? 
Right, right. No, I and I think she it, it's always to her credit that she feels like an insider to them. And so that's, you know, shows their the respect she er, has earned from having boxes of government documents in her, you know, house and like yeah. digging through in a hotel room boxes of, you know, evidence files. I think um I'm just going to this is sort of like a wrap up thought even though I'm not wrapping up, but I did think one big takeaway for me of this book is something I've always thought about true crime, you know, just from an outsider's view that, and you know, you find the Hollywood versions, the CSIs and stuff always make it snappy and have a narrative and all that arc. Um, detective work is work period, like not capital W glamor work. Like it just seems boring, redundant, often pointless, repetitive, like meticulous. Like it, in this book, I guess to its credit often made, she she's often just summarizing work like real boring kind of categorical work and so yeah. she did make it at most of the time kind of intriguing accessible pin some narratives together but it's even reading this book felt frustrating knowing like all most of the stuff isn't going to pan out she's just kind of walking us through the failures which is why detectives get paid to do un like un, not ungrateful work but like sometimes unenthusiastic really boring shit like hey yes. i have to go measure these footsteps this is really boring like i have to do this a hundred times and like canvas these neighborhoods a bunch and like we might yeah. not find, like it is definitely a line of work that requires patience and persistence um I don't think reading this book requires those things, but I, I just, it's hard to, I can't imagine again how those things would be conveyed interestingly. I think this book right. actually did pretty well at that. Like I, I found most of it to have a good flow and she kind of builds from clue to clue, but um, it did remind me at times I was just like reading it thinking like, you're just summarizing work and it's not much better than doing the work. Like it does sound boring. There's not a lot of ways to make this not boring. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And, um, that's an, that's an interesting takeaway too. And I guess, yeah, when you put it like that, it does, it takes a specific type of person to get into the detective field. Cause I mean, imagine just having an unsolvable case with no leads and it's just like, well, I have to go, I have to go, you know, I have to go make sense of this just pile of shit, just pile of nothing. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's like, it's uh it seems quite frustrating in nature. Yeah. Um and I um, for, for me I think the the one thing I latched onto um as far as like the clues or puzzle solving elements of it it's the maps man I love a map. Uh it really I th- I mean it, the the artifacts in the middle of the book and the pictures are creepy. Yes. That hand-drawn that map. Creepy. Like I was definitely drawn to that hand-drawn map. That is eerie as hell. It for sure could had to have been drawn by a person being meticulous, you know, whether or not it was the killer, who's to say. I don't even think they have a yeah. conclusion. But uh, and a detail like that I was quite intrigued by. And at the end of that the book was... they did they revealed that kind of an outside person had said, "Oh, I was I've been a contractor. I've done construction. This is definitely yeah. a map of somebody who has like construction knowledge or like knows layouts of development areas and here's some detail." Yeah. I the map stuff I find pretty fascinating. Um uh, whether or not I have yeah. the patience to, you know, put darts or um, you know, push pins on a map and then look at it for 2 years. Like I don't <laughs> I don't think I have that patience, but I, no. that stuff does intrigue me as far as looking for you know connections or routes and so i've always been a sucker for maps yeah no that i you know the more you look at it uh yeah whatever the person said where he's like this person is in like city planning or um this is like architecturally 
you know, like detailed and like the units he was using. It's all measured out. It's actually, it's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Did, um, what was my final question? Sorry, I paused for a second. Um, so I mentioned variously, I don't do, this just isn't my genre. I enjoyed the read a lot, but I don't do a lot of it. Did you find any, I mean, we'll obviously get to quotes and syntax in a bit, but did you find it in any way noteworthy in style or tone? Like did the, did the genre pop in any way for you? Did the writing jump out in any specific way? And it's, it's interesting because I don't think it, it didn't, it didn't really jump or pop out, but it did grab me. Like, uh, I, I would pick it up for long periods of time and, you know, find, I not this doesn't happen. I'm not very, like, not a very fast reader. Uh, and I'm also, I read short, short amounts over a long period of time, right, which, you, which you may know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, this one I was able to just like, for some reason, just knock off in like a couple big chunks. And um, while yeah, it wasn't yeah. the most captivating and she could have definitely gone for like the gore factor, the, you know, the resting on a lot of the, these creepy ass details. Um, right, right. It's kind of, it's kind of a testament to her style that I, I mean, it's not even like an, enjoy- it's hard to, it's called, it's hard to call the read enjoyable because it's so grisly but uh, yeah yeah i get that it is it is kind of a testament to her writing style to be able to captivate and with uh with those mundane sort of like work details you were talking about so i think i don't know i i think that's a positive thing about her writing is that somehow she was able to without selling out and going for the cheap cheap thrills that she was um able to tell the story about all of the mundane kind of back work stuff. Yeah. I think if you're someone who enjoys, I was just thinking of this analogy, but if you're someone who has somehow jumped from, I like Sudoku to, I want to solve unsolvable murder crimes with like these, all these puzzles. I don't know. Yeah. Again, my, my mind has never made that jump. Like I enjoy a good puzzle too, but this just seems, you know, again, like work to me. But if you're that person, I think she does present it pretty compellingly, you know, as far as jumping from lead to lead or from, I, she doesn't do it chronologically, like we said, and I, I think that would have worked better for me, just keeping track of everything. But yeah. I think she does the things she focuses in on, the clues, the way that investigators followed certain threads, certain details. Um, she goes into some detail about like the shoes and the shoe prints, and then there's I think a lot of it also goes into like the routes and how you know, he was yeah. always finding these routes or how he parked in certain ways, probably like near construction. And there's a lot yeah. to dig into if you enjoy the kind of puzzle element of, well, how do you crack a person's psychology? How do you figure, you know, what they're doing for the, how are they doing these crimes? What is going through their mind as they do these crimes? Did you ever watch the show Mind Hunter, the Netflix show from last year? <laughs> no. I did, and I don't know why. It was not true. It was pitched as like, oh, it's kind of a crime show, but it's actually way more than that. I don't know okay. if I'd be that glowing in my review. But yeah. I, the one thing I would say is that the show goes really all in on how do you interact with people who have murdered people without glorifying them, but also needing to learn from them too. It is a fine line though. Like how could she write about these crimes without making, not that she'd write it in a way that would make him seem heroic or something, but how do you do it without like 
stepping down on the victims who were real people that were really assaulted yeah. or killed. Uh, it's yeah. definitely not easy. I think uh, Mindhunter actually, the narrative show, it's a fictional show, but um, they ended up bumping up against that with characters on the show. Like one of the characters really loves, uh, well, again, I may be being too dramatic there, but he likes talking to the serial killers, really enjoys learning about them. And the other mm. guy, his partner gets furious at one point and is like, how do you talk to these bastards? You know, I hate these people. How do you not want them to die? And he just yeah. says, I, I don't know. I just find them psychologically interesting. They're different. Yeah. They're, they're broken and weird. And I, you know, yeah, so for um, sure. it's, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if there's any perfect line. I, I find it off putting in not in nonfiction to read about it, but I found it, you know, she presented it, I think with as much detail as was required without being, you know, indulgent, I guess it yep. was, I, I didn't yeah. find it. I didn't find it hard to read, um, in any moment. So, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. There were some kind of, there are things that you read and you kind of wince, but it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like she was just hammering in on the details. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other questions that racked your, uh, racked your mo- brain that had you had turn around in your mind? What do you got? I mean, just like after finishing the book, just, um, just trying to figure out how she would have taken it after, you know, whatever it was a couple months ago when they found, they supposedly found the guy. And yeah. That- there's, there's a lot to unpack there, but I've, I guess two quick thoughts. The yeah. first is knowing, having gone into this book, knowing that she did not know, but now that they caught him based on DNA, probably. The first thing is that they actually, or at least she and the detectives, did have a couple things, you know, right, quote unquote, if this guy is the guy, uh, because he was yeah. a cop. And they, she yeah. speculated a couple times in the book, oh, he must have some kind of reconnaissance training of some kind. Like, he's clearly sure. doing things that require some knowledge yeah extensive like break-ins yeah for sure um and that he did things that were uh i guess clever enough i don't want to be complimentary but that threw them off enough or that he clearly knew the way procedures would go or you know he parked just far enough away he always had an escape route to a forest yeah there's just enough there where i think some of the detectives say like maybe he's ex-military that he's by all these bases but i guess that would be something she picked up on she also talked a little bit about dna and how that seemed to be one path they could walk down. And of course that's how they maybe caught him. I guess yeah. my overall thought though, the second thought I would have would be I, of all people with her meticulousness, I have to imagine she would say, well, let's wait and see how the trial goes. Cause God knows how long the trial will take. If he'll admit to anything, who knows sure. if they can even use the DNA in trial. Like they all seem confident. I don't, I've not read up on how specific, how they're going to use it in a court case um, or if he'll yeah. even just admit to things. But um, I mean, who knows? This guy is yeah. old too. He doesn't look good. He might, looks like he fucking might die before this uh, trial even finishes up. Yeah. Yeah. She did write that pretty haunting afterward. So maybe he'll, what was the phrase? Like step into the light or something like that. Yeah. I actually really like that. And I'm not sure whose idea it was. Cause it almost seems like somebody was like kind of urging her to like, Hey, you know, just in case you never find out who this guy is like, write him a letter just in case, you know, like, I don't even know if that was meant to be in the book. Um, but I, I liked it. And what she says to him essentially is like, I'm wondering if you stopped because you knew it's, you know, we're getting so close and like time is definitely not on your side. Like you're going to get caught, you know, not today, maybe not tomorrow, whatever, but 
you've been in the dark for so long, you know, it's time to, and it, you know, she talks about when the cops are going to roll up to his house and arrest. And it's like, eh, basically, yeah. basically happened. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like she said. So I guess I we've talked a lot about tone. What, sorry. What was that? It cut out. I, I, I just said, I think she'd find some validation in that for sure. I thought the afterward too had, for a book that kind of walked the line with tone, I think, and didn't, you know, veer too much into the graphic, you know, celebratory, like yeah. violence is interesting thing. But um, the last chapter did, or the afterward had kind of that perfect tone of like indignance, fury, but also kind of restrained. Like she doesn't, she doesn't come out and say like so many, you know, kind of like yeah. if you're having this conversation at a bar, I'd be like that fucking piece of garbage. Like, oh, yeah. I should die. you know, like all that kind of like, you know, the hatred you want to spew at somebody who's killed and raped people. She yeah. kind of withholds just enough, but also makes it clear that like, she has just such a deep loathing. Comes for down person. on him for sure. Yeah, for Where, sure. Yeah. It's that just that line between like making it obvious that you're somebody who she thinks less than human, but also yeah. is addressing him. And I think it's maybe the way she kind of rattles off his tactics. Like she kind of, it, it feels like she, she knows she knows, but just as it hasn't been validated. Like, yeah. I know you did this and this. I've figured out enough to know this. Yeah, anyway, I thought it yeah, had a, the perfect kind of concluding tone. Yeah, me too. It was a very calculated kind of fuck you. Right. Yeah. Um, let's dive into some t- syntax. Then we've talked a lot about the, the sentences, the style and the tone, um, like diligent AP high school readers that we are. Um, let's yep. dive into sentences. I don't mind starting. Well, I'm, I'm going to pick my top one. It's about okay. the message board, folks. It's on page 171. It says, message board members tend to be a paranoid bunch, pseudonym heavy, and perhaps unsurprisingly for people who spend a great deal of time on the internet discussing serial murder, there are personality conflicts. Which, yeah, it was a kind of a, again, and she's, you know, she's witty in that way. She's got a good way of, you know, summing people up and being kind yeah. of clever. And I thought that yeah. was a pretty funny way that like, and again, oddly for all of the work she did, it doesn't seem like she had many conflicts with people. seems like she was one of the more restrained, like, you know, level-headed, I, I think I can analyze this data sort of people around. Yeah, she, yeah, was, I enjoyed she that was there. Yeah, she was there on business, man. I mean, I think, yeah, it's funny because I mean, you could, she's talking about uh, a group of people who she became, you know, pretty close with, pretty dependent on. She spent a lot of time with these people. So, right. right. Uh, you could kind of, you could describe her also and like, you know, parts of that could also be true for her as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's definitely so. Yeah. yeah. Any quotes stand out for you? I have a couple more, but did you have any? Man, I picked it. Uh, sorry. I picked one. Um, and it's on page 92, and she's talking about uh, the type of people who live in central, kind of middle of nowhere California, which yeah. re- reminds me a lot about the Midwest, maybe some parts of the South, but they're very okay. you know, simple, hardworking. And, um, simple? How dare you, sir? I'm going st- to uh, stand yeah. up now for all Wisconsinites. <laughs> I will, yeah. st- I will stand up on the other end we're of this very, call for all the people of the Midwest who very are listening complex. to this at a watering hole, drinking a Miller Lite. I stand yeah. up for you. I defend you now, your honor and pride. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyways, let's see. Sorry. Yeah, let's hear the quote. The quote basically is, uh, it says, I've drifted down the St. John's River on an inner tube, alkali dust from my feet dissolving into the water, the color of weak coffee. 
I just thought that was, and maybe, you know, maybe it is because uh, we are from Wisconsin and inner tubing is a popular thing to do. But that uh, that really mm-hmm. resonated with me. I thought that was very well written. When, you, when you're drinking on an inner tube, so many things are dissolving, you know, your sense, the, <laughs> the beer that you're drinking, the, the <laughs> kind of your sunburn, I guess it's anti-dissolve. It's, it's becoming, but yeah, it's. Yeah. Dissolving proper hydration. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things dissolve when you're drunkenly floating on an inner tube. Yeah. A lot of people's pride for sure. This one was, I had a good one about, we were talking about her characterization of kind of cops and favorite detectives. And again, a lot of the sentences that stood out to me were not about like a person, but just the jobs. Um, on one Oh five, she said, um, criminalist. Is that the right word? Criminologist? Maybe, maybe it's supposed to be criminalist. I assume I copied it anyway. Um, Criminalists orbit the chaos from a latex sheathed remove, while cops wrestle up close with life's messiness. Criminologists, cri- criminalists, man, I'm going to keep messing up that word. Uh, <laughs> quantify it. So it's, it's hard. I, I think it's criminalists. I'm, I'm sure that's the word. Um, I'm sure you're right. But that the chaos versus you know messiness versus quantification is is a I think again a good observation. I, she doesn't do a lot of work with cops, which is what she said. That she prefers yeah. the detectives who are seen more kind of uh, observant and slow moving, and maybe dispassionate in some ways. Um, yeah. and I thought that was a pretty good summary of, you know, how it affects pe- crime affects different people differently. And even if you're involved in the case, it might not have. You know, there's a difference between finding the body and then taking it to a lab and looking at Studying the body. Studying it, yeah, I think. I mean, sure. it just seems like psychological. tell she's um she's definitely adhering and kind of sticking up and more way more interested in the detectives than um than any other aspect of law enforcement that she works with mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i don't I, to my recollection she didn't even interview any cops obviously like a beat cop or a street police officer wouldn't they would not be going back to cases that's not their uh, purview like that's not their job so right. i think she's mostly talking to detectives and you know the people doing the back end Forensic. Um, we already we already basically covered the other quote, which I really loved, which was uh, the last the last thing she says to him in the letter: "The open the door, show us your face, walk into the light." Yeah. Quote, which I thought was pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. And again, as as far as a please come get arrested so we can either kill or put you in prison is about as neutral a and yeah. and as like an even keel way of saying that as possible. Which again, I think she's walking the line. <laughs> I think I, maybe this quote maybe that I did a disservice earlier when I said I wanted more of her like why are you doing this kind of motivation stuff but this is a quote that I thought struck me about her own kind of involvement and how she has gotten deep into this investigative stuff it's uh, on 182 it says yeah. the truth was I was jittery from sugar hunger and spending too much time alone in the dark absorbing a 50 chapter horror story narrated in the kind of dead voice used by desk clerks at the DMV which I think is when she got a flash drive from somebody of um, 
yeah, yeah. Of, of evidence and recordings and interviews. I just, anytime an author uses their own title in their own book, it, it, you have to know that I think that's important. Um, and she's in the dark. I mean, she's putting herself in this madness, yep. putting herself in the, in this gaping pit of just violence and depravity and all that stuff. I think I just did not come away from it with a clear picture as to why this became her life. I, I think there, again, was a lot of good little interesting bits. I just was left thinking, but why did you live this way? There are people who get paid to do this very like dire and also boring yeah. work. Um, I, I just found it. It was, yeah, yeah. I, that was a great quote though. And I think, you know, showed that she really did get absorbed. a crazy extent too and like the ritual that she did it was almost like she was it, it was crazy to hear her talking about the way that yeah she gets she gets her hands she like does a barter with some you know message board dude for like trading information and she basically like took it back to her to hotel room and like kind of like fetishizes over how she like sets up her computer a certain way and like she has her snacks and then she's like i'm gonna yeah, it's, dive it's, into com this. it's almost comfort like, it's like she has the ritual of comfort i mean yeah. most people they only have rituals around how they watch netflix and what food they eat while they do it maybe i'm projecting yeah. but yeah. <laughs> what are my rituals i know exactly yeah. the pants i'll wear when i turn on netflix at night or i know you know like it's uh it's it's yeah, yeah true. get off yeah. work yeah Usually, yeah, so she enjoyed it so much that, um, yeah, that was her, that was like, and, you know, she was married to an actor who's, you know, they're doing pretty well. She could have done anything that she wanted to. She could have been, she could have traveled the world. She could have done anything. And she chose to kind of shut herself away and obsess over this, over this, uh, this guy. Yeah, that's, um... I think I, I actually just found a quote. I was trying to dig for one that would maybe show this um, as kind of a final thought on her writing style. Um, I, I felt that, uh, and this goes back to a question I asked you, but I didn't feel it transcended a lot of the things about the true crime that I find a little hokey or a little bit just played out, which is like ending chapters on kind of cliff notes or ending that or not cliff notes. It's a, website for high school kids uh, right. <laughs> cliffhangers rather but it's sort of ending with these not cliche yeah. statements but these sort of gotchas or like look at this next violent thing like this oh, is yeah. on the next episode of kind of things but her writing is also sure. so and he never saw yeah it's so again. strong that it's sort of you almost forgive it um there's one on 121 that i was looking for and it's about how one of the women who became i think a murder victim of the killer and she, you know, has a lot of great characterization, but it the paragraph concludes by saying, and the actual section does, by saying, um, the act of grabbing the log, which is what the Golden State Killer did to uh, kill her, was the arousal alchemized to hate, a vicious punishment meted out by one judge, his corroded brain. So it's sort of, I mean, that's a great description. Like, alchemized to hate is such a mm -hmm. good turn of phrase and is very poignant. But again, it's just ending by saying, like, yeah, the hateful guy killed her with a log. Like that's still the ending of the. I mean, granted, I just wrote it as a kindergartner would, but like that's, it, it doesn't quite right. avoid those tropes. I, I guess it doesn't have to. Like it's the genre. I get it, but it just, it's great writing. Mm -hmm. uh, just wrapped up in the stuff that I already find off-putting about true crime, 
And there were a couple other chapters that ended that way too. Right. It was like, and he would never be seen alive again, or that kind of, you know, dun dun, uh, the, the usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know that's <laughs> yeah. just good writing. Good writing leaves you wanting more, it leaves you wondering, leaves you, you know, shocked or intrigued. But uh, I, there's just something when it's like real people died that just doesn't, it doesn't quite kick it in. Okay. Want to do some emails? Some uh, criticism? We did. Let's um, let's do the criticism first uh, crit- from authors and uh, reviews just because the email, we actually did get one email. We'll do a shout out. Awesome. But it's not about this book. It's about a previous book, book club selection. So let's do the criticism first. Um, did you read from the foreword? Do you want to read that quote? So says many writers who have sweat and bled gathering this much research can get lost in the details but i'll be gone in the dark while a beautiful work of reporting is equally a snapshot of the time and who's kind of a thriller writer she wrote the um she wrote gone girl which was a huge book and movie oh, a few years ago yeah 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 i think she wrote gone, it was gone girl or something else i think it was gone girl but um anyway she wrote that quote she wrote the foreword what do you think did you where you find yourself in agreement there i yeah i kind of do i mean like i we've talked about this a bunch but i mean she could have yeah she she spent a lot of time doing the sort of the not the glamorous type of work that you might do researching a book, but, um, she does do a really good job of painting that like 1970s, late seventies, early eighties, kind of like Northern and Southern California. Um, kind of that we talked about where it's like, man, can you imagine going to bed at night and just not locking any of your doors or right? Uh, yeah. Um, I guess we didn't hit on a lot of that kind of societal cultural of the time. Yeah. yeah. No, that great job capturing the, the effects and the sort of like, yeah, you know, people like, had to pick up Sunday newspapers. You know, some people read the news on their Sunday paper once, a, you know, it was just like yeah. little things about how people lived and you forget. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, she does a really interesting job and she even goes into detail in one part of the book about how in a certain subdivision there was some like ritzy architect who liked to build the backside of his houses basically with a glass wall which is terrifying to me uh-huh. think, to think of now that at night without any, you know, somebody, if they're walking past your backyard, they can see into your entire house, which I thought, yeah, yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty terrifying, you know, thinking that somebody's out there, which I mean, a lot of people knew about this guy. So I don't know that. Yeah, that was, she did do an interesting job of kind of painting in like these really interesting details, helping to, um, kind of tell you about Sacramento, Santa Barbara in like the late seventies, early. Have you, but I've heard it's currently the place that gets associated maybe most with like, you know, the methamphetamine crisis and sort of just this, I think, you know, California, it's so much San Francisco, LA right now. I I don't know if it's kind of the forgotten parts or the middle, you know, the dairy land and then also the desert. Yeah. It's, um, so is, it, is that I've, stuff well represented? I mean, I, as far as yeah. in your limited time? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've driven through, you know, from north to south a couple times. And when you drive through, a lot of people choose to drive along the coast, rightfully so. But if you do drive yeah. along sort of down alongside the Sierras and then the desert on the other side, basically down the middle of the state, 
there's nothing there. And you, you know, you're driving through fruit fields and there's, you can see it's 115 degrees out, but there's trucks parked alongside every country road and there's 100, 200 people out working in the field. So you get like, it's a very, like these people yeah. work super hard. I guarantee you they're not making great money. Um, uh-huh. So you, yeah. get, you yeah. just get like sort of that like tough nose. If you pull off into any gas station, um, you know, it's all like, it's just like hard. No- like you can tell, yeah, there's, there's definite like drug issues, meth, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if it's defined by farmland, that comes with that yeah. type of work that is usually rough, uh, yeah. often underpaid in a lot of ways, at least, you know, it's, it's some of the levels and some of the farms, but yeah, no, that's definitely okay. Yeah. I think in so many of the neighborhoods in the book that were described were sort of, I guess, wealthy suburbs or at least, you know, comfortable kind of like, suburbs, yeah. like, yeah, middle, uh, upper class, like upper middle class. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, some of the some of the nicer ones. I, yeah, it's yeah that those were. It was an interesting look into because I mean mm-hmm. the like the suburbs of Sacramento. She did a pretty good job kind of profiling those, and then it was interesting yeah. like having her go back with that detective holes, and he was he was kind of telling her like how the how the neighborhoods changed, how it was back then, and yeah, I thought that was an interesting aspect. Yeah, yeah. The um the other quote I pulled, I won't say too much on, is from The Guardian, the British publication. Um, ju- it was just a review of the book, but it said, this excerpt, and I don't remember the excerpt, but I, they picked one, uh, indicates what's so unique and convivial about the book. No matter how grisly things get, and there's no shortage of horror with more than 50 sexual assaults and at least 10 murders and a tableau of psychological torture, McNamara retains a sense of humor, but it's a humor tempered by moral exigency. And I don't think I would have said humor. I mean, some of the book does contain some kind of lighthearted ribbing at, you know, the mannerisms of detectives and her own obsession. Yeah. I, I never found it humorous, though, and I don't think she veered that far. No. I think she was, a lot of the book was tempered by moral exigency, but not like, I just found that to be the wrong phrasing. I mean, I guess there could be some passages to to debate, but I, yeah, I enjoyed the description, but I just, that word choice stood out to me as like, well... I just never found her veering that far. It all seemed, you know, she again ribbed it herself a little bit and her obsessions, yeah. but even that was sort of tempered by this, like almost like she didn't quite fully grasp, like, why am I this way? Why did I not get an anniversary gift? Why did, am I sitting in this hotel room on a sugar high in the dark, reading these, listening to this tape? You know, it's just like it, um, it, at times was kind of grim in a, in a lighthearted way. Yeah. I don't know if humorous though. Yeah, no, she never did it for, I mean, I didn't laugh. I, I don't think there's one laugh in the book, but even when you were reading, yeah. even when you were reading about um, the quote that you pulled, I think it was the last one or no, sorry, the first one about um, message board members being paranoid, pseudonym heavy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Their personality conflicts. I mean, I did, you know, you let out a little chuckle or not even like a chuckle. I mean, there is humor. It is so, mm-hmm. it is so, um, thinly sliced though, that it's, it's just there enough to appreciate, yeah. but there's, it's not like you're, you know, grinning at any point or laughing at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I maybe it's um maybe that's the part that made it feel not quite so heavy or overcast, but yeah, I didn't I enjoyed the uh, part of that quote about kind of like you know, the final wording, but uh, yeah, the humor, I pulled that because I thought, huh, I wonder if this is the wording Ryan would go with. No, definitely um, not, but I also yeah, I also don't know what exigency means, so there's that as well. Like like ur- urgency? Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, like a, a, like an importance, sort of, like a, um, like on a mission or something, like a, it's, it's, it's like immediately important. No, oh, okay, well, that makes sense, but yeah, humor, I, humor, I do not agree with. Exigency got word of the day now. As an SAT tutor, I can't help but be honored to help do a word of the day. Vocabulary ever important maybe in this that's, world. That's what I sh- maybe that should be a recurring uh, aspect of the pod where I go through and I pick out pick a word, word of the book. I, that. <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> there's usually, well, th- yeah, there's or, usually you well, know there's some there's, there's some uh, there's some googling going on, but yeah, no, that might. I think when we do our syntax celebration, it can be celebrating anything. Actually, it's you that's, know. yeah. I'm gonna kind of pivot for uh, next month, so stick around for that. Ryan's um. Ryan's word of the day, or word of the book, maybe word of the month. I'll workshop. Yes. We'll workshop it. I want to do. Yeah, we can work on some new. We have. It's our fourth episode, and we've done only the same recurring segments, which you know I like that consistency. But you know, maybe next time we'll shake it up. Yeah, um, maybe we'll throw it in at the speaking, end. Yeah, speaking of which, let's uh, segue out of here, Ryan, because we said this would take 30 minutes, and now we're creeping up on an hour, so that's just, that, that is our established style by I th- now. I think it um, is, man. I, I don't know if there's going to be yeah. any way to get out of it. No, and I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. That's what I like. Um we did have one email from a listener, uh, maybe a friend of the podcast, we could say, a friend of mine, Sean. Awesome. Shout out to Sean. Shout Appreciate out. you, man. Big He's time. taking Shout a break from Sean. his normal... Uh, He's taking a break from his normal podcast rotation. I think he just listens to the Jesus and Marrow podcast. Do you no. listen to that one? Uh, no, but I enjoy their uh, I enjoy their Twitter, and I also enjoy their TV show. I... I've gotten hooked on the YouTube clips because they kind of just dump their whole show on YouTube after yeah. the show's up. So I, I mean, just watch you, the YouTube clips. You kind of have to now in these. In this I, tr- I tried the podcast once and I, I just like, I think the visuals really help their comedy kind of punch. Also the podcast they've said, and this is the purpose. It's kind of like the warm up to their show where it's like, all right, we're going to talk about some of the bits, not all of them. We're going to work out some jokes. It's a great podcast. I just found it. I don't know. I I just find the show to be a much more bite-sized, like, here's it, but in 20 minutes, like, here's the good jokes. It's got visuals. It's, It's like, punchier. It's pretty fast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they edit it down. I I get the feeling they edit it a bit anyway, as far as I can tell. Like, it seems like they cut, you know, it's, anyway. Yeah. yeah, but he, he loves their podcast, so we are not Jesus and Marrow. We're getting there, you know. We gotta work on our um we gotta work on our New York public school graduate like flame game. Oh. Like they basically they can just target people ruthlessly and uh, it's hilarious. I don't think we're there. No, I'm not nearly as funny as uh, either one of those dudes. For sure. <sighs> yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard. It, t- it just takes a natural talent. True. Um the email question is about Hot House, a science fiction novel we read February in February. Oh, I can't remember. A few months ago. Okay, though. taking it I back. It, I think it was book two. Yeah, yeah. The question is, uh, what would your prequel to Hot House include if it were made, or what would you like to see in a prequel to Hot House? Okay, if Al wait Doug Alder was that his name? Doug Al. Oh, the author's yeah, name. Yeah, Aldris. Brian Aldis. Brian Aldis. I'm pretty sure all this. Yeah. If he were to write a, pr- or I guess anyone could write it. 
Or if you, or if you could design it or pitch it or oh, not write I it, was, but maybe you oh, got to you got to propose was, it. Oh damn! Um, that's a great question. What would I want to focus on? Maybe I would want to focus on the spiders building a web to space to the moon. I think um, kind of focus honing in on that and maybe being around there like the when they first built the Death Star in Star Wars. It's like maybe like figuring out like the first couple spiders like okay. yeah <laughs> their their evolution yeah like how the hell did you weave a uh web to the moon uh, show me that show yeah, me that show is, me that first that, spider that, that is who knows how many years of millions of years of building yeah. that's a patient that's a really time consuming task yeah or is it that's just or is it just one just like making the jump just going for it just taking off i would love I would love the a book or a story entirely focused on the dark side of the planet, the un, unlit side. The I'll never forget in that story how they, you know, make it sort of close to the edge. Yeah. And it's kind of dark and hu- it's like dark and cold, but not totally pitch black. It's just like, you know, the lights faint all the time, yeah. like a, basically a permanent fall season. Yeah. And of course, that's when they yeah. found the only piece in the book. They're like, oh, we're pretty relaxed. We live on this island. It's kind of dark and cold. It's nice. Yeah. We have enough food. And, and then, of course, they leave and it's, you know. Yeah. But I, I would be yeah. intrigued to see about the civilization, if any, that survived on the completely black side of the world. True. That would be intriguing. True. I really thought the book was going to jump there. I really thought with the pitch, you know, being, Oh, the earth doesn't I rotate. I thought it was going to be a duality too. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I, I, I thought the same. So what would you call it? If it's, if it's the, uh, if it's about the cold side. A long night. That's like uh, in their yeah. lore. That's when it was, you know, dark, dark, like permanent winter or whatever. Yeah. Um. Would it be too easy to call it icebox? I guess hot house icebox. That's not quite the same. Yeah. I mean, it's well. Icebox is way better than cold house. So yeah, I think that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cold house. Just do just do synonyms and flip them. Cold shack. Cold shanty. Cold cold uh, duplex. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, man. Let's wrap this up so I can go turn on my fan and create my own microclimate, a little icebox in my room. There you go. Um, yeah, this was good. I, like I said, enjoyed the the storytelling and a lot of the writing. Um, it did not flip me on true crime. I'm sorry. This was not the one. Yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. I'll finally crack open that Truman Capote one day and be like, all right, let's see. But um, <laughs> see this, this was not the around. one for this. <laughs> Yeah, this was not the one uh, for me personally, but I did enjoy it. And I, like you said, I found it very readable. And, um, you know, I did the kind of, I skimmed through some of the paragraphs where I'm like, this looks like she's going to talk about clues for the next minute. So I'm just going to kind of look for some keywords and keep it moving. I'm going to get to the next like funny sentence about like police behavior. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, that was my overall take, man. I'm glad you, you forced me to read this one. Hey man. That's not the last book I'm going to force you to read either. There's going to be plenty more where that came from. I dig it. Um, All right. Speaking of which, let's force ourselves to read another book. I alluded that I'd already started this one today. Um, It's a unique one because I had pitched to you for this month, since it's my choice. uh, I had two books that I had chosen, or three maybe, 
all of which are rereads for me. This is something I never do. I've, I almost never reread a complete book. I mark up my books pretty well when I go through them. I fold a lot of pages and do the dog ear or whatever. And I'll go back and reread like a page or I'm like, oh, this passage really stuck with me mm-hmm. or this chapter maybe. But I almost never reread a book. It's just, I think maybe because we're under an avalanche of constant, there's new videos to watch and watch the show, new movie, new music. Like, yeah. And I just naively try and read new stuff, do new stuff a lot, um, especially with reading and movies and TV. I, maybe not so much with TV, but anyway, that just means I don't reread. So I gave you three books that you have never read, but I have read. So I'm going to try and force myself to reread. Yep. Uh, what did I end up picking, Ryan? Or what did you end up picking? Because I gave you kind of free choice. It's a novel. Do you remember the name <laughs> Dude, of it? Dude, it's in the bedroom right now. Oh, shit. Classic. Fuck. I actually, <laughs> I just, I just picked I it remember. up. I read the, uh, read the prologue last night. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. It's, I can, uh, no, I'm not even going to pull up my Amazon. I, I don't it's know. It's the... The Remains of the Day yep. by Ishiguro, uh, who is a British author. Um, he would probably describe, though I admit I'm not looking this up, but he would probably describe himself as British-Japanese or Japanese-British because he was born in Japan, then moved to Britain when he was young, like five. Thought, so he's, he's British. Thought, he's recognized yeah. as like a British author. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. when, you told me, when you told me about the book and you said it was about, you know, it's like the, you know, but so a butler. butler reflecting on his life and his uh, service, and then you're. I was like, oh yeah, it was the author, and you're like Ishiguro, and I was like, interesting, uh, interesting yep. choice. Uh, subject well, to write it's about. As two people who watch a lot of English soccer, that is not the first name we would think of when we think of the England national team. No. You know, the soccer like what are like Gerard, Lampard, Cahill. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's, for sure. uh, Stones. Yeah, Ishiguro, Ishiguro stands out. Yeah, Stones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kane, H- Harry yeah, Kane, Henderson. Right. So no, I think yeah, that's it's a fair question to ask. But no, it's um it is considered, I mean it won the Booker Prize, which is like a big British literary award. It is considered to be thoroughly British. That was my understanding when I read it. I read it in college. Oh, yeah. Um cuz he wrote another book that I got really into and was intrigued by. It was kind of a light dystopian book, Never Let Me Go. It was also a movie I never saw, but and so I was like, "Oh, I'll pick up another. Like what else is he famous for? What are his really big major works?" This one seemed to have done the most as far as, you know, awards and recognition yeah uh and i read the first 50 pages again today it really is a r- really remarkable bit of tone and voice work like the ca- first person narrator very strong yeah. like almost no misplaced phrase there's so many subtleties in the language and it's yeah i mean it's it's great this is a masterful novel and i'm it that's how i remember it and i you know that's how it seems in the first 50 pages i reread nice, man well so, no spoilers geez yeah, yeah, I won't say too much more. Um, and so I think we, you know, no promises, but this is the month we get back on track, I think. I, I have hopes. Yeah. I think we'll be releasing the podcast, if not on the 30th, then very soon after the 30th of this yeah. month, and we'll be pretty much back on the end of the month schedule, you know, soon. Yeah, very soon. Within the Um, did launch a new section. Yeah, launch a new section. I feel like you would be best to. Uh... Topics that no one will read about or work that no one will be interested in. I think I've I think I've stumbled upon an all timer. Um, I did this I did this last year as kind of an exercise just to see how writing this would be if it would be fun. But I've written um, 
I'm going to try rewriting or writing these famous viral videos uh, into narratives by famous authors, you know, kind of classic authors, quote unquote, in the canon. So I did last year, I wrote a William Shakespeare play uh, about a viral video called Winnebago Man, which is like just an all time curse laden video yeah. it's just like is the it is still the thing that makes me laugh maybe the if easiest you, of all yeah, things if on anyone Earth. listening has not seen winnebago man they made a movie out of uh the trailer but just go and watch the original yeah. uh youtube clip yeah. it is one of the funniest things you will ever watch in your life yeah so i i wrote a, a the narrative is all fake it's not about his real life it's just i t- i take the videos as kind of a jumping off point and then decide to write you know narrative around it um the next one that I'm almost done with, although it's hit about 5,000 words, so I need to cut it. And then I also just have to finish the thing. It's got, it's ballooned um, in the last couple months when I've kind of chipped away at it. I'm going to write a viral video called Leprechaun in Mobile, Alabama um, <laughs> into a story by Cormac McCarthy, who's kind of a famous Western, kind of brutal, like really stripped down. He's like if Hemingway wasn't thoughtful, but was instead like more violent <laughs> I, get, I don't know it's kind of that it's that stripped down style of writing and um cormac uh, mccarthy does way more though with kind of he, he'll just let a sentence run it's like faulkner yeah. kinda, you know william faulkner if you had to read any of his stuff in like yeah. high school but um it's sort of like that but again with far more brutality and a lot more straightforward it's not as laden with like here's 10 images and like eight metaphors for you to pick yeah. at um so I'm almost done with that. I finally wrapped up a couple scenes that were um, that I was trying to finish that were kind of difficult, but I think I'm going to finish that soon and we'll get some art in there. You did a ton of art for Winnebago, man, yep. which was great. Yep. And so check that out, folks. That's on the website. It's the viral by, by blank series, which just means we're going to do viral videos by various yeah. authors. Man, I can't wait for I might finish it this weekend, though, because I, I finally wrote... Um, Oh man, I think this one more than the Winnebago Man one. I really went totally off script of the video. Like the video invo- <laughs> is involved in the story for like a yeah. minute, and then the rest of it's just a really bizarre tale of him, a father and his son hunting a leprechaun. Oh, that's great. Um, it's, that is great. It really uh, there's a there's a little preview of text on the um, page right now on the website that I think is indicative of the kind of general style of yeah. the whole thing. So. Yeah, check it out. That'll be up soon. Hopefully, maybe this month. Probably not. Maybe next month. We're still doing hip hop. We're still doing video games. I wrote about a couple new games. I wrote about Fortnite lately, um, which is the hot thing. So that should be done in the next 12 months when no one's playing Fortnite <laughs> anymore. That will probably be when we post that. Because, um, yeah, I've been playing that and I had some thoughts on it. What makes it intriguing? Yeah, one of the first Fortnite players I ever knew. See, this is, <laughs> That's this is a, that will be the most famous yeah. I ever am. Is I told like four people about Fortnite like eight yeah. months ago or longer even. Like, yeah. So That's your claim to fame now, man. You're the Fortnite, uh, you're uh, the original like- Fortnite guy. <laughs> to sign off for my brother before uh, we jump out of here. Nope. Call That's it. all I got, man. That's all I got. Well, Sign us out then, my man. All right. And uh, for both Ryan and Travis Wood, it's been our pleasure.